Welcome to the Migraine Miracle Moment. I'm your host, Dr. Josh Turknet. I'm a neurologist, migraine specialist, migraine sufferer, and author of the book, The Migraine Miracle. In this podcast, you'll learn all about how to find your path to migraine freedom without pills. Let's get started. Howdy, Beast Slayers. In today's episode, I will be answering five questions from a recent clinic chat live discussion. Those questions are, one, can eating a keto diet cause fatty liver? Uh, Two, are herbal teas okay on the Migraine Miracle Program? Uh, Three, what are my thoughts on yogurt, milk, and sour cream? Uh, Number four, uh, when and how should you use MCT oil? And number five, um, is quinoa okay on the Migraine Miracle Program? So those are the five questions that are addressed in this excerpt from a recent Clinic Chat Live sessions. And if you're interested in taking part in these live sessions, as well as uh, being able to submit questions of your own, and you can learn more about becoming a member by going to MyMigraineMiracle.com, along with being able to attend all of our Clinic Chat Live sessions and uh, watch all of the replay videos of them. There's also a whole host of resources there that we've been developing for the past decade to help you put the Migraine Miracle Program into action to slay the beast once and for all. And speaking of Migraine Neverland members slaying the beast, we have a recent success to share from Migraine Neverland member Kelsey, who said, I am ready to fly with my own two wings as I have been triptan-free for many months now and have a really good daily practice to keep the beast at bay, which I thank you so much for. Well, thank you, Kelsey, for sharing that with us. Uh, That is tremendous, and that is, of course, our ultimate goal with everyone we work with is to get you ready to to empower you to fly on your own uh, into your migraine-free future. Also, there are a few things mentioned in this episode that you will find links to in the podcast description. Um, One is a link to our phases quiz. So that's the um, phases in the timeline of migraine freedom, and you can take the quiz to find out which phase you are in. Uh, Another is the Keto Blast Challenge, which is a 30-day challenge we run periodically to help people implement uh, the Keto for Migraine plan, Uh, and you can find more about that by going to mymigrainemiracle.com forward slash ketoblast to see when the next one is. Um, And again, the link will be in the podcast description. Also, uh, you can find the latest promotion for our podcast listeners by going to mymigrainemiracle.com forward slash moment. Again, that link is in the podcast description as well. Um, Speaking of podcast listeners, I'm going to read a recent podcast review. Again, this is our way of thanking our podcast listeners who we so appreciate, and especially those of you who take the time uh, to leave a review. It really means a lot to us, and it helps others to find it. This one comes from Laura, who said, I just started listening to Dr. Turknet's podcast after reading his book, This is a physician who truly understands migraine and its impact on his patients' lives. He's a beacon in the light of the storm. Well, thank you so much, Laura, for uh, posting that. That really means a lot. All right, and now, without further delay, here is the excerpt from our recent Clinic Chat Live. All 
right. Next question was, um, can eating a ketogenic diet cause fatty liver? Um, so fatty liver or the um, technical term, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease uh, to distinguish from alcoholic fatty liver disease. So alcohol causes accumulation of fat in the liver. But we also have discovered that um, sugar causes accumulation of fat in the liver. So uh, the good news is uh, keto uh, would uh, typically cause precisely the opposite. Um, so again, there's lots of evidence now that um, fatty liver, which is very, very common, uh, and the incidence is rising, is driven by sugar consumption, and especially uh, fructose in particular. And it is best associated with um, high levels of triglycerides in the blood, which we also know to be driven primarily by dietary sugar content. So the best way to lower triglycerides is with a very low carbohydrate diet. So uh, because of this, a ketogenic diet, of course, which is very low in carbohydrates, would be predicted to help with fatty liver disease. And in fact, it is now being used uh, by folks to treat it. Um, and there are studies uh, that are showing it to be beneficial in helping not only prevent the condition, but help to reverse it. All right, only a couple more. Um, are herbal teas okay uh, on the Migraine Miracle pr Program? And uh, as a general rule, yes. Um, now there are probably uh, a great many different possible herbal teas, but so far in our experience, uh, the ones that I know of um, haven't uh, tend to be problematic. I would say the only caveat would be if you ever notice that a that a tea you know upset your stomach in any way, um, then that might be a reason to you know not use that particular one. But the difference or the the uh, true teas that come from the tea plant those can be prob problematic in my experience so that's the main distinction so things like uh you know black tea and, and um, green tea but the herbal teas which aren't actually uh, true teas um, those seem to be fine and i drink them myself and um, uh, do not notice any issues with them how long before introducing milk back into the diet uh, and how about yogurt so i generally don't recommend milk in the diet and this actually gets back to the original question about things that i've updated i probably wouldn't have said that 10 years ago it gets back to the issue of energy density milk is very energy dense and it's in liquid form, meaning we can ingest a ton of energy really fast, long before you know, and, and uh, you know, consume more, much more than we need before that registers as satiety. You know, it's intended to support all the nutritional needs of a developing baby in liquid form, so that's why it's so nutrient and energy dense. While other forms of a dairy, I think, are fine, especially ones that have little to no milk sugars. I think it's probably best for adults to avoid consuming milk. And I would, I would think, I would say definitely for the migraineur since the issues with energy excess, but I probably would extend that to any adult. I, I probably best to avoid, uh, you know, drinking milk at least on a regular basis. So in moderation may be fine. 
and then as far as yogurt goes, so uh, full fat, uh, full fat yogurt uh, is probably okay, but would be something that I would typically recommend leaving to reintroduce until you're in stage uh, or phase three or four uh, on the timeline. Probably the um, safest bet. Any other questions? There was one that got buried up a little higher about um, thoughts on sour cream versus yogurt. Yogurt is going to be a little bit um, more insulin insulinogenic than uh, sour cream because it's going to have higher protein content. Um, so that plus the fact that you're typically going to be consuming less sour cream at a time than you would for yogurt. Um, I probably put sour cream in a little bit safer category, um, but I, it's still something that, you know, it, it's, <laughs> it is also something that's easy to eat in excess. <laughs> so it's still something I probably is best to wait for a stage three or, you know, phase three or four, um, just for those reasons. But, uh, head to head versus yogurt, I would say a little bit, um, less, less potential for any issues, um, mainly because of its effects on insulin. Uh, Eileen asked about still recommending MCT oil and coffee. So I mainly uh, recommend that for uh, the transitional period in MCT oil in general. Um, the uh, the transitional period, I mean, going from a, uh, uh, if you're moving from a higher carbohydrate diet to a low carb or ketogenic to help in dealing with um, the transitional symptoms while your body is trying to move towards um, burning fat for fuel so it can help in, in that regard in minimizing the transitional symptoms. So yeah, Eileen, you said you're in phase one. So, so if you're in phase one, it would, uh, part of that will depend on how significant an issue the abortive meds are playing. Um, so if you're kind of still trying to get over that hurdle, um, generally I think it's best to kind of implement the core plan and then, and we've talked about this before, waiting on specifically trying to do go uh, to go into keto um, until that's kind of been addressed and settled, and then kind of saving things like MCT oil. Yeah, so I I would probably of um, unless you're noticing significant transitional symptoms like um, like uh, you know real, a lot of fatigue. Uh, from from the um, transition, then I would I would avoid MCT oil um, until you you know until you're kind of going into if you're until you're trying a, a dedicated trial of, of keto. Yeah, Eileen. Yeah, I would generally recommend um, being being off of the abortus for for a good bit of time. You know, a, uh, a month or so before doing uh, for going to keto, just because um, the the, we talked about before the transition into keto is in its of itself a stressor. So when you're doing that, you don't want to be adding, you know, another stressor onto something you're already doing, which is another stressor, which is trying to get, you know, get your body off of the, or, or kind of recover from the impact of the abortive medications. I would also insert there here that doing the 30 day jumpstart menu is always a great mm -hmm. place yeah. to start. It was built from the superfoods list, you know, so you don't really have to think about any of these things, you know, you're getting sort of our most protective foods that we've compiled. Um, and then not having to worry about counting carbs and, and those sorts of things. 
Uh, Stephen asked about any change of thought on quinoa. <laughs> that requires I remember my initial thoughts. <laughs> but um, no, I don't think so. Uh, I, I generally think of uh, quinoa as a, as a as a relatively good source of uh, a safe, a safe uh, plant food um, and you know reasonably high in protein. Uh, compared to, especially compared to other plant foods. I, I don't have any specific uh, reasons why I would avoid it. The only real issue with it would be, you know, if you're um, mindful of carb content, then you'd have to just, you know, note, note how much um, you're adding in if you're trying to maintain within keto uh, range. But um, otherwise, I, I think uh, overall, it's uh, good from the standpoint of uh, nutrient quality uh, and then minimal in terms of, you know, toxin issues. But that does get into the question of, you know, how, how, um, of thinking about plant foods in general. Um, and, you know, we know there are certain folks who do really well when you just, especially if have, having, you know, digestive issues, do well with just eliminating them all. Um, you know, whether or not that's, just good for certain populations or whether that would be considered the optimal for everyone. Still an open question. I think it's, you know, I'm still at a point where I think there's room to incorporate plant foods into the diet and be considered an optimal, you know, um, an optimal plan. And there may well be, um, phytochemicals, things we get from plant compounds that are health promoting that we couldn't get from elsewhere. All right. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Miracle Moment. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to the podcast in your podcast player of choice. And if you know any fellow migraine sufferers, please feel free to share it with them as well. And now it's time to go out and slay the beast. Mm-hmm.